0: business aspects have really blown up on Pinterest. So like, you know, business strategy, marketing, anything that has to do with business is kind of like a big topic now on Pinterest, which is awesome because who doesn't want to learn more information to help their business grow?
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Empire Life podcast. I'm Allison Ramsey, the host and an Empire Life We mentor and coach female founders who are super scaling their businesses and wanting huge things out of life. And today we are here with Mackenzie Armstrong and she is a Pinterest strategist for founders and entrepreneurs, especially that have blogs and podcasts. And I'll hand it over to her to intro herself a little bit more. Hi,
0: I'm Mackenzie. Thank you so much for having me. I am a Pinterest strategist and I can talk about Pinterest all day long no problems um so i am a pinterest strategist i started out my career as an elementary education teacher and transitioned to the online space after i had my kiddos and haven't looked back so i empower entrepreneurs to grow their audience and email list using pinterest organically
1: that's incredible and i can see how the two can segue together, you know, teaching, you're now mentoring or you're strategizing with these entrepreneurs and founders. And it's also super creative because it's all about the presentation on Pinterest. Well, I'm somewhat new to Pinterest. I think we've had it now like two years. It was one of the last social media platforms that we joined. we're averaging about 5,000 to 6,000 views a month, which is really incredible and just uploading a ton of content there. And but I've seen that it really makes a, a difference with that the image or video or the idea pins get a lot more clicks when there's some kind of moving video there and it's super creative. It's like an outlet I think for entrepreneurs to tap into that side of themselves. For sure. And like the great thing about the, the fact
0: that it's a visual search engine is you can really meet where people like to learn. If people are more drawn to, you know, video, they can go to idea pins. If people are more drawn to stock photos or branded photos of you and your, your business, they can go there or people sometimes, um, I've seen that just like that plain colored background with the text overlay, something that they can really like see what your content is about and they know that they need to go there and they can click through. So that's something that's great with Pinterest because Pinterest is all about inspiring its users and they really want to get people to where they need to be to learn. So, and that's kind of like where I fell in love with Pinterest being a teacher is like, Pinterest wants you to leave the platform and they want you to find the information that you need. They want you to go to that blog post, that podcast, that recipe or DIY project, whatever it is that you're searching for and they want you to learn and to consume that information. So that's kind of really where I've really meshed well with Pinterest.
1: Something that I mess, I I understand what you mean. That's a great point. And some, another area where I mesh really well with it is the analytic part about how the pen has a longer lifespan than almost any other social media like that part I think was what got me thinking okay team we have to be there (laughs) because when you post something on Instagram I forgot what the exact analytic was but there's a certain lifespan on average at Pinterest people it could be years it could be five years and people are still clicking on your URL have you seen that too?
0: For sure. So like with Facebook and Instagram, you have like a 24 to 48 hour lifespan of your content. Whereas with Pinterest, you have a you have four plus months because it's a search engine people are actively searching for that content so I'm, I'm and you know as like um a blogger and a, and a podcaster that you continuously put out new episodes on your website well sometimes your content can get buried on your website people can't find what they're looking for but with Pinterest they can go on there and actively search for the content using the keywords and SEO and they can find that the blog post or the podcast that that you've put out maybe a year ago that they're ready to consume and it can take them right to that to that piece of content so it really helps put everything kind of on an even playing field and that's another thing like with pinterest 98 percent of the brands on pinterest are unbranded meaning they're not like commercial brands yes there's nike and stuff and coca-cola on there but technically everybody's on an even playing field so you're not going up against like big commercial brands you're you're going by your searchability your seo your keywords that you're using to describe your content which is awesome because in that way it really gets all of it gets your content seen by who's looking for it
1: Mm, that's a great point because as you were talking, it also clicked through me. It's not as much about the followers because in the green room, I was talking to you about how, well, we're not growing in huge numbers in the last two years. I think we've been on it related with followers, yet our views are continuously going up and and clicks. And I I look at those kind of analytics too, and you were saying the clicks, the outbound clicks. And what was the other one? So outbound clicks, get people to your website, and then saves. Saves really help because
0: that tells Pinterest that people are liking your content, which helps them boost it up and put it in front of more people.
1: Oh, so so it's not – because I feel like on Instagram, I don't know, maybe not as much with Facebook, but Instagram and Twitter possibly, it has more to do with how many followers you have. Mm -hmm. Or even that people respect your account. Kind of a weird, almost like a vanity metric, but it's not even really related to business, but it kind of is. And I don't feel like that as much on Pinterest.
0: Mm. Yeah, Pinterest really takes into account when people leave or save that content because that's really where they learn about your audience and to show you and to show your content to the people that are looking, that are who they think would be a part of your audience. So Mm -hmm. kind of like you know, you're working with, you're, you're having your audience gravitate towards you with your keywords, but also Pinterest is like, oh, hey, you know, this content. So Sally might really like this content. So let's show it to her as well. So kind of, it's like Pinterest is working for you as well as your, your research, your keyword research and things like that.
1: That's true. It's, I've been used, I use it for almost everything, the creative board, when I want to get my hair cut, when I need to find a new outfit and I'm want to show a stylist, they're a, so everything you can create a board for, and then it shows me more. Like you, cl- it's clicking for me that it shows me more underneath that. Uh, also, pins you might like, kind of like yep. Amazon. You might like this product. Yep, suggested mm-hmm. content, which is awesome. And the thing that's great is post.
0: It, well, even before COVID, but really post COVID, people have been like in this mindset of trying to find that side hustle, trying to you know bring income into your into your household. And so business aspects have really blown up on Pinterest. So like, you know, business strategy, marketing, anything that has to do with business is kind of like a big topic now on Pinterest, which is awesome because who doesn't want to learn more information to help their business grow?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I need to look again about our seo or keywords because i think we've been using some similar ones and probably we need a variant for each post and i want to dive right in to get more personal i know we got really intense with pinterest and i'm sure that the audience will love that because i think it's still somewhat an untapped resource for for sure i felt i felt like that because when i i paused on getting on it for so long because I just what am I what is that even for am I gonna have any traction and I think I actually listened to a podcast with a Pinterest strategist who was saying well so our our key like potential clients are I think the last time we checked like 35 to 65 in women who are have their own businesses who are wanting to scale and that's a lot of people on Pinterest that's almost all the people on Pinterest. It's just like, why am I not there when they talked about the analytics of who's spending their time there?
0: For sure. It's definitely an untapped market. So yeah. It's worth it.
1: It's worth it. Yeah, you can speak from experience. And Mackenzie, while you've been starting your own business, what are some of the challenges that have come up for you? You know, it could be related with the business or personal and business. And how did those um, make you well- stronger, like at the end of it some struggles you know of course that imposter
0: syndrome and um that just being able to um believe in yourself you know what i mean to make sure that you're able to really do what you you came to do and being able to overcome that has been super beneficial because it's like you know i'm my own i I, i'm my own business i i don't have anybody working You know with me or for me and things like that so that way like it's up to me to make it happen so i can't be weighed down by this imposter syndrome i have to like build myself up to make sure like yes i can do this i can do whatever i need to do and whatever effort i put into it that's what i get back so i think that's super beneficial and then also another struggle was you know just being able to balance um family life and work life, being able to, okay, I'm dedicating this time to my family and I'm dedicating this time to my business and really like speaking with my husband about it and being like, look, I really need time to focus. So I really need you to take the kids right now so I can get, you know, this chunk of whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm doing in my business completed. So that way I can, you know, be there with my family and not constantly thinking about work
1: yeah I had a similar this is my third business and I started the first one when my daughter was a baby um so similar well I mean you have a lot more going on <laughs> I felt like I had I was a, a single mom for most of my daughter's life and so it definitely I'm relating really strongly to what you're saying that it relied on me if it didn't happen and this is my third business where I have people on my team, but this is the first time that I've had a team. The first two, I didn't have a team, so to speak. And she would ask me, are you here, mommy? Like, where are you? Because I would be, it's just so many things to think about. And that's great that you guys are on the same page and you have that support that you can knock it out because it's so much easier when you don't have that distraction. And I also think now that she's a teenager, she knows way more about business almost than if she got a four-year degree, for example. I feel like I have like multiple PhDs in it. (laughs) I know I don't, I don't, I have a master's, not in business, but in, in science, but I feel like after all this experience, I could have gotten like multiple PhDs, for example, and then... By proxy, her seeing that or your kids seeing that, they're going to know a lot about it. And especially if you when you have a chance to talk to them and kind of involve them in the process. And she's working like she's also on the team when she's in her summer breaks and she can do certain things for the company at this point. I think she started around seven like being able to do little tasks and learning more about the ins and outs of the business but being able like you've needed to do several times on the podcast like hey mom's doing this right now like you have to give me the space i think is really great for kids because they learn more independence they learn like this is a boundary and I need to respect this because when they're in the working world or they're in corporate or they have their own businesses, they're going to have to have good boundaries. Be like, this is my time. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to get this done. And they're seeing that example, you
0: know, from you. For sure. And I definitely think that, like, I like the aspect of, like, you know, I know that my my daughters are going to know that if they... They want to be home with their kids. Like to me, I never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. That was never anything that I ever (laughs) thought that I wanted to do in my life. No. Um, But, you know, things change. Life changes. So Mm -hmm. I like that I'm able to show them that, yes, they they can be a stay-at-home mom and they can still have a career and they can still, you know, um, grow their own business. And I think that that's super important because, you know, that wasn't something like when I was growing up, you know, it was very much... I was pushed into that not not, and i mean you know that's what they did that's what my parents did was working at nine to five you know Mm -hmm. your kids went to daycare they went to school Mm -hmm. and everybody reconvened at night well now i'm excited that i can you know go on field trips with my kids and pick them up from school if they're sick and not have to worry about you know missing work or being a teacher like it's easier as a teacher going to school sick than it is to write substitute plans. Mm -hmm. So like, so it's just, it's a nice that I can really show them that they can have everything that they want and be able to juggle everything.
1: That's a great, that's, that's so true. That's so true because I, well, I transitioned in this company in empire life when Lily was about seven and being there when she gets home or got home from school or being able to pick her up. I was able to get different feedback or like have very different kind of conversations than I'm um, getting home from work around seven. We're eating a fast dinner, doing our bath and super rushed, reading a, a few stories and then side for bed. Mm-hmm. You really get that like being able to be
0: involved without being like always always rushing. you know what I mean? like you're able to really like, hang out with your kids if you will you know and and, and you can and you can plan that time you know it's not like you're on somebody else's schedule you're on your own schedule it's your business you can decide yes you have deadlines but you can plan ahead for that so
1: oh yeah that's true too and the depth of the conversations is wildly different when you're not rushed or I can I'm driving and we have great conversations and I know so much more about her and what's going on in her life and her friends even <laughs> and what they're mm-hmm. doing and it's all what they're doing together and it I can't imagine missing out on that you know or feeling I know what it feels like to feel that rush because my first two businesses I was working full-time and doing the business mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when I got home from work so or on weekends I definitely mm-hmm. understand what you're talking about and being able to be at home or, it, it's great to have, I mean, I don't know if that's a challenge for you. Sometimes it is for me that I start holding laundry or <laughs> I was like, oh, these, this laundry I didn't put away yesterday. I need to put away like right now. And I do have to prioritize like, okay, just because I'm at home, like these are my working hours and I need to be, I have a office space. This is also the first time I've had a designated office space in my adult life. <clears throat> so like when that door is closed and I'm in here and I'm working and I think it's great to have this, those kind of parameters.
0: For sure, definitely. And like that's also with like small kids, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like this is, this is my time, you know what I mean? Like I have to get things done and I do a lot of like because it's my own, I'm running my own schedule. I'm able to do a lot of stuff when they're in their downtime, like taking naps and after bed and things like that, which works for me. So
1: that's great. Yeah, I remember that. I remember having to. I mean, that's this pros and cons, right? Well, I mean, now that she's a teenager, she's on Facetime or like always talking with her friends and wanting to hang out with her friends so there is some more it's just different but there's also still some downtime we're doing a lot of homework uh I want to move on to the next one this is a more lighter question uh especially with your three young kids do you feel like you have uh somewhat of a morning routine well right now I have a seven month
0: old so she kind of runs my morning routine now that it's summer like with my older kids in school yes we do definitely during school time we have a morning routine because we have to be at school at a certain time um and that actually seems to work better for me because it gets me up it gets me out it gets me moving so i feel like it helps me start my day a lot of the time my mornings are devoted to the kids just because they're just waking up and we're getting ready for the day and then after you know mid at mid-morning they're kind of more self-sufficient they're doing their own thing they're playing and things like that so i would say i do have a morning routine but sometimes you know it does fluctuate depending on the time of year
1: that makes a lot of sense and i feel similarly with summer that i'm like okay i get to wake up a little bit later but like i'm not as motivated because there's not a time we have to drive and be at school mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And how how do you, McKinsey, like when, especially with having young, young kids, and maybe there's a pool to so like, am I supposed to be spending more time with them? Or yeah, like, there's some, sometimes there could be some guilt or resistance. I mean, I, I feel like I still go through that sometimes. Like, oh, Lily needs this right now. I need to stop working and immediately go do this. It's still, there's still that pool. Are there some resistance sometimes of working more hours or putting more into the business and seeing it as if, oh, maybe this is taking away from from family? I know it's not because I am a better version of myself and I have a lot of success in my business. I feel much more fulfilled as a mom or that makes me a better mom, I think. And what do you do when you feel any kind of resistance or maybe where is the resistance coming from? For you, So definitely.
0: So yes, I feel like, because I have smaller kids, they, you know, they demand that attention. And sometimes mm-hmm. I do have to be like, you know, I, I feel like I kind of overcome that guilt a little bit by just being really like open with my kids. Like I'm all about, like, talking with my kids so I really try to explain like you know mommy has to do x y and z right now but we'll definitely you know play in a little bit like I definitely try to like give that reassuring of like yes I'm going to come back and I'm we are going to do some things and I say I feel like I get a lot of sometimes feel a bit guilty like when we have a busy weekend as a family or a busy week as a family and then I really have to like You know put up that barrier of like I have to get some work done Um, that kind of you know makes me feel guilty a bit just because I don't want to have to be that like rigid with my schedule when that's happening Mm -hmm. Um, but you know I really try to be open and honest with my kids and like like I said my husband's here so he kind of helps pick up the slack a little bit when it like mom can't be front and center doing whatever the kids need. Um, but yeah, it's always there, but you know, I, I try, I always try to tell myself, you know, I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing this so I can be home because if I was working outside the house, I definitely wouldn't have as much time as I do now with my kids. So I kind of just try to reel myself in a little bit, you know, and just, you know, I'm doing this so that my kids are happy and we're all happy at home. And yes, there are some drawbacks and there is some guilt, but it's, it's all part of the process. It all has. You can't be in every place. You can't be in all places at once. So you have to have that give and take.
1: Yes. And, and the appreciation of you having the experience before of working, uh, I'm sure, a ton of hours as a teacher. And there's it's never done. Um, I taught for a few years when my daughter was really little. Uh, but it's like the work is never done. And I just recently am retired professor that was also then- became a part-time professor for five years thing but it's like there's always something you can do there's all it so looking at it from that mindset of like what's comparatively I think draws a lot of gratitude and I love the way you said that
0: yeah because I really try to like keep in mind that like yes like I'm fortunate that I can be home with my kids and I mm-hmm. and I really kind of like live in that aspect of like you know, I have Mm -hmm. I have the support at home I have the ability to do what I want to do and still still stay home with my kiddos so it's kind of like you know you gotta take the good with the bad and just kind of plow through it so
1: (laughs) that's so great so I want to dive into your child a childhood story this is one of my favorite questions a childhood story reflecting why you do what you do So this,
0: the story doesn't necessarily reflect like the Pinterest aspect of it, but as the like entrepreneur, like I, I knew that I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So when I was a kid, I, I was the kid that had like the candy stand in the front, the front yard selling like all the candy to the (laughs) neighborhood kids. And like the parents were getting angry with me because like they're spending all their money on the candy. So like ultimately one summer my my dad made a deal with me that it was like okay so he would match whatever whatever money i raised or whatever money i um came up with to buy a bike so ultimately mm-hmm. i was able to sell candy all summer and was able to raise enough money have enough you know return to um go have these on a bike with my dad which is awesome so he was able to that is awesome so I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and you know always that question of like what did you want to be when you were a kid and it was that Mm -hmm. and I just totally like went a different route with teaching and it I just it came full circle and I came back to to really what I thought I was going to do when I was little so that's something that's super cool I think because how many people get to to say that they 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 did what they wanted to do when they were a kid you know
1: that's so true i did i meet a lot of people who were like later in life and they're like oh i'm gonna start a business and it's the rare that people do you know follow through with that for myself i think i had a lot of similar experiences but i didn't ever know maybe um i was there was a lot of poverty around me. I didn't I didn't really feel maybe that that was an option or see it as, oh, that's something I could really make it, a lot of money in until, mm-hmm. you know, later. Or, well, it, it just, I had to. was like, no, I have to. I have to do this. It's, it's such a burning mm-hmm. drive in me. I'm not sure how it's going to turn out, but I have to figure it out. And I'm sure there's other people who are making a lot of money in this. I'm sure that it's possible. I'm going to learn the ropes or you know, learn as I go. I know For if you sure. have had some of the similar feelings like this is, this has to be my path. Like I don't, there's no oh. other option. <laughs> I definitely. And like,
0: you know, it's just a matter of like, you know, just taking that first step, you have to take the leap and you have to take the leap of faith. Like, you know, I started off with like, I was able to go into teaching online that kind of helped me kind of like get my feet wet a little bit. But then I was like, you know, The hours are crazy, so this is still not where I want to be and I just have to, I just have to commit. I just have to commit. So I bought my first course and never looked back. So it kind of really helped me kind of understand because it's, that was a totally new world for me being like an entrepreneur online. And, um, I just, I just did it. You just have to do it. Just have to get out there. So.
1: You do and and one video on YouTube or one blog is better than none. And Exactly. I always tell myself, Done is better than perfect. Like there's there's no such thing as perfect. And just
0: taking that first leap of faith, that first step, you know, even if you don't even if you don't succeed, even if it doesn't go anywhere, at least you can say you tried and you learn from that experience and make your next next experience even better from learning from those it does trials and simulations you know
1: yes it does it does get better i mean it's, we only build from that experience you're so right and if today if you were starting a new business today McKinsey, what do you think are some of the top five things you wish you had known before or that you've learned like i guess building up from what you just said too <laughs> for sure so definitely just like taking
0: that first leap of faith sooner i wish i would have done that sooner Um, I wish I would have niched down earlier. I wish I would have, um, really figured out and honed in what I wanted to do in my business. Um, because I think I would have gone a lot further. Um, three is start growing my email list immediately. I did not Mm -hmm. even like that was ever a thing that I even thought of, but now I wish I had started way earlier than I did. Um, um, I would say find because being an entrepreneur, especially online, it can get not lonely, but like like I know for me personally, like not my family doesn't always understand what I'm talking about or like what I'm going through. So finding somebody in in business online that you can be friends with, that you can kind of like bounce ideas off of and kind of just have that 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 conversation of like you know like check-ins that that accountability just to have somebody to talk to that knows what you're going through i think is something that's super beneficial and really kind of like get to know people that are adjacent to your niche i think that's something that's super important as well cuz that can definitely help you build your business if you make those relationships um early on and get get those relationships with those people that to get them to like, know, and trust you. So that way you can have that support and they can be, you know, they can help bring in business for you. They can help, um, you know, I always like to say, it's not what you know, it's who, you know? So Mm -hmm. like, if you're able to build those relationships with people, then they can help build up your business. You can help build up their business and really create an, an awesome ecosystem of people that you like to, to interact with.
1: That's great advice and and refer like refer other people mm-hmm. to them and maybe a person can even give some kind of commission if they want to, you know, up to the mm-hmm. business owner. We have several people like that, uh, that specialize in females who specialize in sales, like a sales expert or um, now you, you know, Pinterest expert and <clears throat> or Instagram expert, Facebook ads, because we at Empire Life, we don't do any done-for-you services. I I mm-hmm. used to at the very beginning of looking at their websites and their their whole sales funnel and like connecting that to ConvertKit, helping them make email sequences, like build their email list, like you're talking about. And I was gonna say too, I know this is kind of uh, a, like a a secret in a way, but my team we also like if someone reaches out to me. Uh, like a cold sales pitch that I don't really know them they get added to our email list so it's like if you're interested you want to really know more about our business because you've reached out to me you know this is (laughs) this is a way this is a way that's like a a little uh undercover secret to like build your email list because they're giving you their email and they're Mm -hmm. I mean even if they're not expressing interest they can always unsubscribe And I also don't take unsubscribes personally anymore. Mm -hmm. I think I used to check that and I tried to stop checking it. Like if someone doesn't want to get it, then that's okay. And I would also add to that to send out a regular email. So like we have people who look forward to our emails these days and we do a Thursday newsletter and then we do a Friday about the blog. And then if it's, if there's a podcast that month, we do an extra Thursday one all about the podcast and that person. And we also feature a female founder that's a prominent person in one of our online communities. And there's, you know, 5.5 million at this point. So there's a lot of amazing female founders to choose from who we want to feature. And we do that complimentary or like, we've had people ask us, is that a fee? They're like, no, we just want to feature you. We want everybody on our email list to know about you because you are, you know, really giving, contributing to our community. and We want to give back to you. And I'd say keep up, you stay consistent and try to have at least maybe a newsletter. I think that helps to build the email list. Definitely.
0: Because that's something that, you no, know, that. When I started my business, I really kind of focused on that, that social media, that, that Facebook and Instagram. But really, you don't own that audience. You don't own that audience. You don't own that list. Really building your email list is where you get to own that because, you know, how many people have been put in Facebook jail and then they can't reach their like <laughs> their audience. But if you have that email list, you're able to still, to still nurture your audience with your content because that's something that they can't take away from you you know what I mean like that's that's a part of your business. So I definitely think like that that newsletter nurturing is like super important so definitely.
1: <clears throat> I had a Instagram just shut down towards the beginning like just closed for no reason. I couldn't access it anymore and it's just gone. And there was about Ish. so we had an Empire like community Instagram and we still have the empire life academy instagram that's kind of like a business it's a it's a business profile and then i have a personal one that's also business and the community one It just it was like over ten thousand followers and it's just poof gone oh, no. yeah it's just gone so that's the worst <laughs> i denied this like saying from personal experience that I wasn't even put in Instagram jail. It was just, we don't even think this is you because I guess it wasn't like, a, you know, it's not a person or, uh, it was cause I've seen some businesses have one just for their community to like get together. And that was my intention. And it was growing rapidly with, I guess they didn't think it was me and poof, gone. And so we have the, uh, Empire Life Academy one that's our business one now and I think it has close to 10,000 we've built it up over time and then the personal one that's like 35,000 for me and the business but I definitely agree with what you're saying just for personal experience not rely on that too much because it can just be closed for no reason and no no, uh, indication or message or anything
0: that's terrible that's terrible oh and you like they and I love how they're like oh we can't get it back but I'm like I'm sure you guys can reopen my group that I just <laughs> that you just closed like come on now but
1: well even finding somebody to ask is a is that, a task in know of itself like who who do you even ask about that
0: that's or true. Do, will they yeah. even
1: get back to you I've definitely heard about that um like Instagram jail and Facebook jail, or uh, what's it called? Shadow? Shadow banned. It, so you don't even realize that. I guess that's kind of similar to what you're talking about. But I've also been shadow banned where a lot of people are not seeing my content. You for gotcha. who knows what reason. And then they start seeing my content and then they don't. So... We just continuously now, we just put out a lot of content that's, I mean, really high quality content. And if people see it, they do. The people who are supposed to, I've learned to kind of like let it go. The people who are supposed to see it, our community keeps growing. So we're doing something right. And before we hop off, Mackenzie, so we're running uh, almost out of time. Uh, what do you feel like are the top three concepts that you want to leave the audience with? or Or it could be one or two. What come up for you? Um, I would say first is Mm -hmm. you know
0: in whatever businesses that you're trying to grow, to just you know go full for full force and really like put your effort there because it will might not benefit, it might not pay off today, it might not pay off tomorrow, but it's definitely going to get you where you want to be. Um, and then also you know being a Pinterest strategist, I would say don't under underestimate pinterest it's definitely worth the time and effort to put your your content on there because it's a free a free marketing tool for you so um just you know just start in all aspects of business just start so
1: yeah even one idea pin you know one oh I mean, we have more fo- we follow more people than then we have followers and I'm okay with that too on Pinterest because there's some people I want to see all their pins. I want to get notifications when new ones come out it might be scary
0: but nothing's gonna happen unless you you start so
1: yes amen oh it's so great talking to you Mackenzie thank you for being on the podcast it's great to have you today of course thank you so much for having me